Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Welcome back to the Startup of the Year podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established, co-founder of Established Ventures and the team behind the Startup of the Year community and this very podcast. Thank you for being here in the new year. Appreciate you and I hope you had a good, happy new year. We're excited to be back and on this episode, I've got a couple people. It's back to back and it's in line with uh, what we were doing uh, at the Consumer Electronics Show uh, here in Las Vegas uh, this past week. So on this episode of the Start of Your Podcast, I'm going to be chatting with Robbie Cabral, who's the CEO and founder of Benji Lock, which is redefining the personal security experience through fingerprint hybrid technology uh, with consumers in mind. They're looking forward to expanding that outside of just fingerprints. And uh, for those not familiar, Benji Lock was actually a Startup of the Year alumni. They uh, also have been featured on Shark Tank, which is pretty cool. And uh, we're going to get a chance to talk to him a little bit about that experience here shortly. It's, it's a stacked episode. I've also got another guest as well. We've got Evelyn Titchener. She's a VP of Sales and Partnerships at Good Maps. And Good Maps is a startup uh, that pitched live at CES 2023. They actually were the winner of the CTA Foundation annual pitch competition at Eureka Park and uh, did a fantastic job. Evelyn actually did the pitch. I'm going to talk to her a little bit more about what Good Maps is, and it's uh, pretty interesting. It's a positioning technology that uh, allows those that are maybe um, blind or first responders or others to uh, be able to find their way inside. So it's almost like Google Maps for inside or indoors. Pretty cool stuff. I'm going to have a conversation very shortly with Evelyn. Before we do, though, I'm going to, uh, obviously, we'd like to shine a light on different companies that are a part of the Startup of the Year community. So today's episode, we've got a company that is dun, 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 Plain Sight, which is a network, it's networking reimagined. Plain Sight ensures that everyone who visits their digital or physical spaces will make a relevant connection. That is super important. Relationships very much matter in the world of both business life and everything else. So check out Plain Sight if you get a chance. Just go over to www.plainsight.app. Again, plainsight.app, and uh, you can learn more. Okay, now let's jump into that conversation with Robbie Cabral. All right, I'm here with Robbie. Thanks so much for joining. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate it myself, too. Uh, so tell me a little bit more about, for those listeners unfamiliar with, with what you're up to, a little more about Benji Lock and what you've been doing as the uh, founder and CEO. Well, it's been exciting, you know, as you know, it's it's funny, the story has been a, a great long journey. Uh, as a matter of fact, actually, I remember to this day that uh, Benjila was part of the whole startup of the year competition. And uh, we got to the point of uh, being in the whole finalist uh, part of the show. And, uh, and I remember the next day we got picked up by the whole Shark Tank platform. And I remember speaking with you guys and you guys say, hey, Robbie, go do your short time next uh, tomorrow and uh, we'll, we'll continue this journey together. So, uh, yep, that was pretty know, exciting. I, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's been very exciting, you know, the whole platform of CES and, and startup of the year and the short tank as well. And and then after that, uh, the partnership with uh, Kevin O'Leary. So we decided to license the technology to Hampton products, which basically uh, they're the makers of the Brinks uh, locks. So it actually made sense for me because then I'm able to now produce the product 
uh distribution and everything and and to this day it's been great uh great relationship and now benji lock is opening the door to a whole licensing strategy in the new year oh very exciting a lot going on sounds like and just to kind of dial it back how did you come up with this idea uh for benji lock and and what were the kind of uh use cases i guess you could say were you thinking when you did come up with it well what's interesting is that uh the idea actually came up uh Believe it or not, I never even thought about creating a product or creating a company. Um, but, you know, sometimes uh, as entrepreneurs, things hit you and you have to kind of react. And at that time, I got laid off from work. And the same day I got laid off from work, uh, my younger daughter, Livia, was born. And through that process, I, you know, I went through a little bit of a depression and overweight and all that. And, you know, I said to myself, OK, let me do the best that I can for myself and my family. So. You know, I started, you know, doing everything around the house and lo and behold, I started going to the gym at night and one gentleman left the key inside the locker. So, you know, the gentleman comes in, the manager has to bolt cut it and drill it. And I'm seeing all this in my in front of me. And I'm like, wow, how come there's not a lock that you can open with your fingerprint, but also with a key? That was the whole idea. And that's kind of how Benji Lock started. Um, I will tell you, that's probably like the first use case, you know, a lock for... Yeah heading out to the gym and uh long behold i had no idea that in my hands i actually have a whole uh you know bunch of use cases starting with what we have right now so for example like the original benji lock you can use it for your you know your gym locker work locker school locker but then we also have our travel lock which is tsa approved um which every time you're traveling uh that's like my go-to it's like basically our number one seller uh, when oh, it comes cool. to the world of travel and then the same technology, we put it in a bike lock for bikes and also the door for the home mm -hmm. and a small little lock for on the go. So as you can see, that's only in the world of locks. Yeah. Uh, so it's exciting. You know, it's exciting. I mean, that use case is it, it really uh, resonates with me. I I was just thinking about this, even this weekend. I, I was went to a place I was skiing and I they had, you know, ski lockers and, I was, you know, you can never remember the combination. It's like uh, any lock I ever have, I'm like, oh, what is it? And it gives you that anxiety. It takes you back to high school when you're like just first ever got your locker for school or whatever. You're like, I can never remember it. So tell us a little bit more how it works exactly. So how is this better than those combination locks that you were all familiar with? No, I agree with you. You know, the first thing that came to mind uh, for me and for actually the people that I kind of interviewed before even starting this product was that, hey, I always tend to forget my combinations. Uh, I always tend to forget where I put my keys. Um, and for me, it was like, wow, you know, at the time, I remember, I think it was like the iPhone 5 that started using biometrics on their phones. I said to myself, you know, that's kind of how the world is going. Everything is touch, biometrics, you know. Um, and, you know, that kind of opened up a whole uh, world of opportunities for me. Uh, but then again, I've always learned that you have to always keep it simple, stupid in a way. Because if you start adding too much to the technology or to the product, then it makes it very difficult for the consumer to understand it. So right now, the product is very simple. You still have a traditional key. Uh, you can set it up uh, with your finger. And then on behalf of that, actually, all of the products right now to this point are non-connected. So that's a big thing for me because it's very private. It's, it's very personal, uh, which is something very interesting. You have a whole thing, a spectrum of people that love connectivity. But then there's a whole platform of people that say, hey, I actually love what you're doing, not connected, private, 
Um, so in this day and age, it's actually it's Sidon too. That is interesting. I mean, it's like the it's like the uh, opposite of what you'd think with all the connected devices. But you do the minute you try to like hook your your phone or your sorry your home up to a a connected device. I always think about, ooh, is that going to open the door for literally people opening my front door or turning on my my washing machine or something like that? <laughs> you know, so definitely does make you um, question that. So this that's a good idea uh, for you to like not connect them and keep it really tight um, from that perspective. Um, so yeah, I, I mean. I, it's funny, I, I don't have one of your locks, but I had had them on my wish list this year for, for the holidays. I did not get one, so now it's still on my list. I'm going to have to go out and, and snag one because I did I did have that oh shoot moment the other day. And, um, you know, I, I didn't even think about the traveling component of it. Having a traveling version of Benji Lock does seem really compelling, um, especially if you're going overseas or something like that. So very cool. I, lo I love it. So tell us a little bit more about the, um, you know, are there other competitors jumping in here? Like, what has it been like for you to navigate that that landscape? Well, it's been interesting, you know, uh, when when the product started in back, you know, uh, in Eureka Park, basically, um, you know, so CES, that, yes. so for those yeah, unfamiliar, yeah, CES, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so basically, when you at Civit there the first time, you really get approached by the whole world. I mean, you name it, from manufacturers of China to, uh, I mean, it's basically the whole world. But then, you know, it opens up the whole opportunity of, hey, there's something new here. Why haven't other companies have jumped into that category? So uh, there's been competition uh, since we launched. Um, and then a lot of them have kind of flaked out. Um, and then there's two major companies in the world of locks that are basically out there. And they're both of them. I think one of them is a public company. Another was a big private company. So which is actually good. I feel like competition is always good. Um, because then if, if, it, if you're kind of like the only one, then, you know, then, then there's not a lot of use case for it, but, um, but I see it exciting, you know, I'm very excited to the point that, uh, right now, Benji lock basically owns that 80% of the U S Canada and Mexico, when it comes to the whole world of electronics and fingerprint locks market. So, uh, we, we are a little bit ahead in the ball game. So that's good. Wow, that's fantastic! And um, and how long how long ago did you start? You twenty seventeen, right? Was it 2016, something like that? Well, it's interesting. So the idea actually started in twenty fourteen, okay. uh, and the whole prototype development was three years for me. You know, because uh, basically I'm not an engineer, so I I kind of uh, decided to uh, kind of assemble a team and let's put all these things together. Because as you may know, you know, you may not be the best at one thing, but others could help you at Right. out in that uh, arena so um from 2014 to 2017 it was the whole prototype development yep. then the shark tank and all that scenario came up uh, around october of 2017 and in reality the first iteration of a life product didn't come up to uh august of 2018. Mm -hmm. so in yeah. reality we've been live since 2018 but as you know you know the first two years were great and then COVID really hit us hard Right. Um, and that whole year was kind of like a last year in a way. Yep. And then now we're finally kind of getting back on track. So wow. uh, it, it looks like I've been on this for a long time already, but it just feels very fresh too. Yeah. Only a couple of years because of the COVID years in there, it feels yeah. like. Um, <laughs> and obviously you had that experience with, with Shark Tank. I want to hear about that. How was your experience with Shark Tank? How did that, how did, how did you get connected with them? And, and what was the, uh, you know, since then, what you know, and you mentioned Kevin O'Leary. Talk a little bit more about that experience and everything. 
Yeah, no, I, I think it, it all kind of, you know, it, it all connected. And, I, and I'm a believer that things happen for a reason. You know, I remember at that time I was uh, focusing on, hey, where do I unveil this prototype? And the timing was tight. Budget was tight on my end because I was unemployed. So I was able to do a lot of freelance work and use my savings and kind of rack up credit cards to the moon. Uh, but finally, I said, you know what, let's take this leap of faith. Let's do it at Eureka Park at CES. And while doing that show, I guess Shark Tank had a casting call. And I'll tell you to this day, Frank, and you know, I don't see the show. <laughs> I it, it's something that I uh, never even heard of until people came at CES and say, hey, this looks like a great product for Shark Tank. You should try it. They actually have a Shark Tank casting call in the corner of the Venetian and you should go try it out. And a lot of people told me that. And I'm like, well, never heard of the show, never seen it. But you know what? Let, let's try it. Let's give it an opportunity. And if it works great, if not, forget about it. Long behold, I did the Shark Tank casting call there for like a two minute thing. And then a couple of weeks later, I got a call and said, hey, uh, we're interested in your product, your story, how you all came about. Let's see what what's next. So that, that was like a whole six month process on a back and forth. Um, and then the opportunity came and I said, why not? Let's do it. Um, and it all worked out uh, out of the five sharks, four went in. And then I, one of the things that Kevin really told me was that, Hey, Robbie, you know, I'll go all in with you if you're interested in licensing. And I said, Hey, I got companies interested. The problem is that I really want to keep the Benji lock name because a lot of the times you license. And what happens is that a lot of the times they, they just shelf the technology, like music labels, they shelf an artist, not never comes out. And, and I felt like Benji lock was special because at CES people said, Hey, that could be the Nets, uh, Fitbit of locks or beats by Dre of locks. And, and I felt like I had something special and I wanted to keep the name. So as long as we kept it, yeah. then I was all in, in the whole licensing plate. Cool. So tell me about the name. Where does it come from? Benji lock. Um, that's funny. So actually Benji lock came, uh, in the living room out of my house. Um, just discussing names and, and, you know, I used to be in a band back in the day. So music was my thing. And I remember when you used to be in a band, you have to like do a whole list of names for the band and all that. Right. And I thought, well, let me make a whole list of names for this lock. Mm -hmm. And Benji came up and then my wife goes, Hey, you know, why not Benji lock? And I'm like, Hmm, you know what? That's actually interesting. Let's, let's go with that one. Um, and it worked out cause I feel like the name is catchy. It's simple. It's yep. fun. Um, and you know what, one quick thing about this is that, uh, you know, one of the major customers for Benji lock is ACE hardware. So ACE hardware does a lot of, uh, trade shows and, you know, a lot of the ACE hardware, your local ACE hardware and all that, they're actually owned by families, a lot of mom and pops and all that. And when you attend the show, all these mom and pops are walking by. And then as soon as you see all the kids, they're right away going in, Hey, there's Benji. That's Benji. I love Benji. So. I felt like, okay, that's the generation that is up and coming is the same generation of my kids. And why not give them the, the stuff that they're really into? So, uh, I think that the name was, was, you know, uh, ended up working out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And I actually have seen your, your products at Ace Hardware locally in a couple different Ace Hardwares. Um, so definitely familiar with that, that, uh, that they do carry it everywhere. So it's really great to see, um, and, and obviously have the connection with you and, and say, Oh, I, I know who created that product. It's pretty cool. Don't, um, don't worry. Okay. You, you'll get a couple of, uh, of samples, uh, now this coming week, uh, when uh, we meet each other at CES. Okay. 
Cool. Very cool. Um, thank you. And so let's, let's keep going here. So from a, so you, you then out of Shark Tank, you got, you got picked out of Shark Tank, which I'm sure they talked to thousands of people and now you're, you get to go on the show. How did that experience go? And what was that like? Oh, that, that was great. You know, tell you the truth. Uh, I believe it's like 50 or 55,000 applications that they do um, <laughs> every season. So it's incredible. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, I got to give it to them. I don't know how, I think they're like on season 14 now. And yep. I was like season nine and that show just keeps on going and going. going. So, good, yep. you know, good for them. I mean, uh, um, but yeah, no, the show is, it's exhilarating. Uh, you know, you get nervous. I remember that the day that I had to go pitch, I actually didn't eat for a whole day. Uh, <laughs> I felt like, you know, because I didn't know what was the outcome. And then uh, one of my uh, uh, right hands at the time, he was telling me, uh, hey, Robbie, I, I don't know if you should pitch because, you know, you you don't have a really final product. You don't have any sales. And, you know, I don't know if this is going to work out for you. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a believer that you got to take the risk if if it works out great. But if not, at least you put it out there. And that that's always been kind of like a meaning for myself to tell other companies that are up and coming that sometimes you don't know your route um, because at the time I thought, you know, I'm going to do this myself and I'm going to go recruit investment and I'm going to build this product and all this stuff. And then I'm thinking, you know, the licensing path ended up being the route that I wasn't even thinking, but it actually worked out best for me. So you never know. And I think that the short time platform really helped me on that. Yeah. So explain that a little bit more. So did you like right away then you had Kevin O'Leary interested from Shark Tank and then invested in it and, and partnered with you to, to grow it or how did that go? Yeah, to this day actually uh, Kevin been uh, very hands-on. Uh, any opportunity that that kind of Kevin sees uh, on his plate that he'll flip it over. Um, and one of the things that he told me was that hey, the beauty of licensing is that hey, put it this way Robbie, at least you don't have to put that big investment and manufacturing, distribution, uh, engineering, and all that. You have the idea. You already build it. Now it's time for, you know, find that that right partner to kind of bring it to market. And that's what we did with Hampton Products International, kind of like that first partner in the whole licensing strategy that, hey, now we got this idea, this prototype. Now let's bring it to market together. And, uh, you know, and now I'm very excited for this new year because uh, the same strategy that we've been doing now we're gonna open it up globally so uh, it's gonna be exciting definitely and definitely um love understanding how you built that relationship because i think relationships are sometimes under um you know it's undervalued right the people that realize oh I, you know they, there's a lot of emphasis put on venture and raising money and all that but not so much necessarily on partnerships and so Tell them, talk to me a little bit more about how you were able to, you know, get that partnership with, with Hampton and how did you, you know, connect with that, that team or whatnot. And, um, and then how that's been going, I guess. And it sounds like you've got now additional opportunities, but it's like understanding like that specific one, how that's worked out as far as, you know, how it all came together. No, I, I agree. You know, what, one of the things that I, I, I kind of always say to myself and say to others is that, you know, kind of like what you guys do with startup of the year, like what the CES does with Eureka Park and other trade shows, you know, throughout the year is that you have to put yourself out there and no matter, you know, the outcome. And sometimes you think that, Hey, you know, I don't know if this is going to work out or if I should be there or not, just put yourself out there. You never know who's going to be walking the aisle watching. And at the time, 
uh, when I had saved it at CES, one of the shareholders at Hampton saw the booth and said, hey, there's a kid downstairs that has the whole booth packed up and he's selling a product that should be in our kind of field. Why are we spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on a booth and it's completely empty and there's a kid downstairs killing it? What's going on? So that was the first flag that right away makes someone at the company at Hampton pick up the phone and call me like a month later out of the blue. Someone rang my phone and wow. said, hey, this is so-and-so and, -so and uh, you know, we are Hampton products. You may have not heard of us. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, actually, I haven't heard. Is it Hampton Hotels or or Hampton, uh, you know, uh, you know, Bay or whatever, the fan? And, and they're like, no, no, we're, we're basically known because we build all the Brinks locks. And we actually license the Brinks uh, brand and we bring this product to market. And someone at, you know, our, our tap head honcho said, hey, we need to reach out to that kid because there's something special there. And, and so that's kind of how that relationship started. And and to this day, it's been great. You know, uh, no regrets at all. Um, and I think I, the whole relationship base, it really goes a long way, Frank. I got to tell yeah. you that. Um, there's been a lot of relationships that we build out through the trade shows throughout the years that a lot of the times you don't see that relationship really go to fruition years later. So um, that's kind of how the, the, the relationship with Hampton was built. And then Kevin came into play um, after the Shark Tank show. Uh, the CEO of Hampton said, hey, we've been in talk with that kid. Uh, we should now partner up with Robbie because now he has Kevin on his back. And so that really kind of helped too, you know, having Kevin on my side really kind of helped move things very fast with Hampton. And, and to this day, you know, we were able to uh, launch a whole uh, portfolio of products. Wow. I I'm impressed. I mean, the fact you answered the phone, a lot of people don't answer the phone anymore. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> I mean, you got a random call and you, you picked it up and it's happened to be somebody that was really interested in what you're doing. So that's, that's fantastic. And it seems like it's worked out really well. So excited to hear about more about what you're ready to do here next, once you're ready to talk about it. But, um, you know, you know, after the show, you, you, know, you touch on a little bit more about start of the year, you were involved. Tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, what that's like, and you even got a chance to come back last year and be a part of it as well. So I want a little, little bit more about uh, your experience with start of the year. Oh, I, I think it's been amazing. I think what you guys have been able to do, um, I believe it was first uh, the whole platform of Techco and then now it's established. Um, yeah. I, I just feel like you guys have taken it to another level because, um, you know, it, it gives the opportunity to a lot of startups and a lot of up and coming products and uh, up and coming ideas to kind of get yourself out there. Um, and, and I love what you guys were doing this past year. Uh, so many great companies, so many great ideas. Um, and it, and it kind of took me back to 2017 because I remember uh, startup of the year in San Francisco. Yep. Um, you know, I think I told you this story that I literally uh, left my home around 3 a.m. I rented a little enterprise uh, car and I put all my stuff in there and I drove five hours to the Bay Area. <laughs> Man wow. you know, managed to do this show. Uh, and then from there, I drove back same night and came home uh, the next morning because I had to take my kids to school. And, you know, a lot of people don't see that that from a lot of companies because, you know, in my case, it's it's kind of like I'm a one man army in a way. But yeah, uh, that's why I always tell some other companies that you might have a huge team or smaller team and all that. And I think there's 
there's nothing that you can't really achieve. Yep. If if you put yourself into it, you know, everything is possible. And I think what you guys are doing with the whole startup of the year and, and doing it every year, I, I think it is something to look forward for a company that that wants to get themselves out there. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I love that story about how you loaded it all up and, and, and did it all in a day, basically day trip it, you know, and head back because you have, you know, your father, you got to take care of your responsibilities at home as well. So I, I really appreciate that and respect it. So thanks for sharing that story with everyone. And, um, you know, I know we're about at time here, but I wanted to ask you um, a little bit more. You shared some interesting lessons and advice, but you really have, have, have nailed it with the licensing side of things. And I wondered if there was anything from that experience that you because I, I don't it didn't sound like you were like an expert on licensing going in so i just wanted to understand is there anything that you've learned along the way that you're like oh this is probably the most valuable thing i've learned about licensing or you know this is the one thing i would take away from if i'm building a product or i'm building a service or whatever that could be licensable this is the thing you should know well one of the things that i i learned is uh that partnering with other companies is not bad at all um, sometimes we think as entrepreneurs that you got to do it your way or the highway and believe it or not, that's why I'm a believer in, in, in sharing what you have and, and, you know, maybe a hundred, hundred pitches go in and 99.9 don't go in, but that 0.1 will work. And, uh, you know, and, and I think in, in, in this perspective, what I've learned is for example, in my case, startup company, small, you know, very fast paced. You license to a company that, you know, no disrespect, but you're now getting into that whole corporate world. So people think right. differently. Uh, and now you're kind of letting your baby be touched by everyone, basically. And sometimes you have to be open minded. And so I learned a lot throughout these, you know, these years that um, it, it can be only about yourself. You also have to put yourself in your partner's shoes and whatever they're going through. Uh, within the company, within the personnel, within manufacturing distribution. And I've learned a lot because I had no idea how a lot of these things work. And now I've kind of become an expert on every little step that I actually, so it's been kind of like a school session for me too. Um, learning the ropes of, of taking your product to market and, and the beauty of licensing and partnering with other companies. Um, so that kind of really taught me a lot now uh, onto my next step of this uh, licensing journey. And, and I think that licensing is not bad at all. Now, the only thing I have to say that, cause I do see a lot of inventors and, and companies come in and, and say, Hey, you know, I have this idea, you know, what do I do about it? And, you know, an idea is great to have. The issue is that you can't really sit down and just say, Hey, well, let me sit down and just collect a check. Because the thing is that that that's not how the world works. What happens is that a lot of these major companies, they have thousands of SKUs already thousands of brands already to take care of. You're just one part of this whole journey. So if you don't show up and you don't put your effort into it, you know, the team member, the product developer that is working on that, if they don't see that same enthusiasm or that same, you know, power up in a way, they just drop it. So I've been blessed that, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm very passionate about my product, about the technology and all that. So I'm always pushing it. And I think they, they saw a big value in that. That's great advice. And thank you for sharing that. I uh, really appreciate you being here today and looking forward to seeing you at CES uh, here soon. Um, for those listening, we're going to catch up at, at CES with the the CTA Foundations having their pitch event. And we're going to actually bring the CTA Foundation pitch winner on this same episode. So they're going to be with you here on this one, Robbie. I don't know if you knew that or not. 
Um, but we're going to any any special plugs or things that you'd like to share about um, any special things that you'd like to share about your uh, you know product or anything coming up or how, how people can get in contact with you if they wanted to connect. No, likewise, Frank. I mean, I'm excited to, uh, you know, uh, take our flights to CES. Uh, to tell you the truth, last year CES was very slow. Um, and, you know, the whole thing with Omicron at the time, but now this year right. it looks like we're really, really, it's getting really back on track. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of excitement throughout the show and, and I'm proud to be, you know, with you guys throughout the whole CTA foundation and, and the pitch contest. And um, we got some great, uh, great partnerships there with Canon as well that is going to join in. And um, and then from my plate, you know, uh, I'm excited. You know, uh, anybody can reach me through BenjiLock.com or LinkedIn or my personal email. It's all around the web there. And uh, I'm excited to uh, showcase what what BenjiLock is coming uh, beyond the fingerprint, because that's re one really cool thing that uh, we've been working out the past couple of years that the technology of Benjila will go beyond the fingerprint. Uh, so, it, you know, it will include facial, voice, uh, vein, palm, um, you name it. So there's going to be different ways of unlocking the technology moving forward into different categories. So I'm excited to what's ahead. Wow, that's really exciting. And looking forward to seeing that, that uh, all those different capabilities and, and appreciate you being here today. Really, I love your story and your enthusiasm and the fact that you threw yourself in and you just, you follow the motto of just get it going, get it started and get out there and do it. And you've learned it along the way. So I, I love that. So Robbie, thanks so much for being here today. Hey, thank you, Frank. And uh, keep it up. Uh, you know, I, I love what you guys are doing with startup of the year. And uh, I, I can't wait to attend this, this new year in 2023. I'm sure it's going to be very exciting. Yep, definitely. Thanks so much. I love that conversation. I love Robbie and the way he can, uh, you know, just he just shares his experiences so well. And uh, hopefully you learned something from him. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. So it's good to catch up. All right. Now let's jump into that conversation with Evelyn Titchener from Good Maps, live from CES 2023. All right. I'm here with Evelyn. She's with Good Maps. They just won yesterday at the uh, CTA Foundation pitch competition here at CES 2023. Evelyn, thanks so much for joining. Thank you. Um, so Good Maps is an indoor digital mapping company with a focus on developing digital twins of the indoor spaces and making the indoors more accessible, safe and welcoming for people to come in and navigate um, and find things that they need. And so our, our core product is Good Maps Explore, our indoor navigation app. Uh, it uses camera based positioning, which is very unique and that it doesn't require us to install any equipment and it can pinpoint a user's location down to three feet. Um, so the, the app is available on iOS and Android, and it's completely free to the end user. So tell me a little bit more about like where the idea came from, the origin story of Good Maps, and kind of where, where it started and where it currently is and where it's going. Yeah, absolutely. So Good Maps was born out of American Printing House for the Blind uh, about four years ago. Uh, and the, the beginning focus was uh, expanding accessible indoor navigation for people who are blind or low vision. Um, APH had this idea and this mission of uh, doing that. And so we, they 
introduce good maps and develop good maps to further that mission. And so we started out with realizing there are not really accurate indoor maps at all. And you need accurate indoor maps to provide accurate indoor navigation. So we developed our, our indoor mapping solution. And then we realized, well, there's not really that many good indoor positioning technologies. You have to install a lot of equipment and a lot of buildings don't want that. Um, they don't want to have to maintain any equipment. And so we developed our camera-based positioning technology that allows us to not install any equipment. So it's been a few years of really trying to scale the technology so that it can be easily implemented. Um, and right now we are working in US, Canada, Mexico, and the UK. Um, and in 2023, our goals are to really expand into Europe and the UK and specifically in retail and transportation. Um, those are really big markets for us. Um, so what, what does an implementation look like? Because I mean, you obviously can't just canvas every building around the world that that would take forever. So tell me, tell me a little more what that looks like and kind of what you're tackling first and foremost from a priority perspective. Yeah, so from a priority perspective, we are doing the mapping internally right now. Um, so in the short term, we are still doing the the implementation where we basically send one of our mappers that's on our team to a site to do the scan of the building, and then we create the maps internally. But as you know, like you have to send someone on site. And so our goal is uh, for venues to be able to map their entire building with either an iPhone or a device that we can send to them um, so that it's easier and more scalable. And then eventually, I would say this will be in 2024, we will be able to consume other people's LiDAR data and outputs and run our models on that information. So we don't even have to do any scanning at all. So you mentioned LiDAR data. Some folks may not be follow, you know, follow through with what, what that really is. So can you kind of high level explain the LiDAR data and how you're using it and how you've used that to build out this product? Yes, yeah, so uh, LiDAR data is basically a lot of little points. It's a point cloud that make up a 3D model. You can think of the matrix of a space. And it's a lot of little points that are building this model. Um, and the data is used for us to create an accurate map because floor plans are not accurate. Um, and this LiDAR data gives us millimeter accuracy of where the walls are and where um, everything is in the building. Um, so that's where, how we're using the LiDAR data at the moment. All right, so here at CES, you probably met a lot of people, probably talked to a lot of different gr groups. What, what's like the, been the biggest thing you've had come out of, obviously aside from winning, come out of CES? Um, well, one of the great things is this was our very first time at being able to do a live demo at CES. So in the past years, it takes us, it used to take us a lot longer to do the scans, a lot longer to build the maps. And we were able to build a map on the fly at CES this year. Um, I scanned half of the North Hall and in about five minutes. And then our mapping team was able to turn the maps around in two hours. And we had live navigation available. And this was a dream that I've had from last year. So that was by far the, the biggest success, being able to do a map in real time. Yeah. Um, in terms of partnerships and different groups, there's a lot of people in robotics that are using LIDAR and they need maps of buildings um, so that they can, you know, get their, the food delivery robots or the autonomous wheelchairs where they need to go. And there's a lot of these partnerships that I think will be incredible to work with and uh, using each other's LiDAR data uh, to further indoor, indoor navigation and the products that they're using as well. 
that makes a lot of sense to me. I also was thinking about how you might use this like at an airport or if you're, you know, museum or things like that. Are you doing those types of partnerships as well? Yes. So we work with airports, uh, museums, universities, uh, hotels, large conference centers like CES. I mean, not this big. Um, and we have a variety of clients and, and airports is a really good case because it's difficult to find your gate. I mean, they're constantly changing security checkpoints, all of that type of stuff. And so this is available in, uh, we have Portland airport and we're actually launching that on Monday. Yeah. Yes. Portland, Oregon. Yeah. I I live in Maine. So that's why I was very curious. All right. And also, um, so you've got that going on and then I guess anything like that you've like learned along the way, I mean, you've been doing this a few years now and like, just want to understand anything like we've got startup founders listening, like anything you've learned along the way that like building this product and building it out. Well, we've learned, I would say two big things. One indoor navigation can be used by anyone. And, um, you know, we started out for people who are blind or low vision and we're building a new version of the app that's being released in April that will have augmented reality experience and visual maps. And so we really realized that, Indoor navigation can be used by a variety of people for a variety of use cases. Um, and then secondly, the maps, ha- the foundational LIDAR maps have so, are so applicable in other ways, such as facility management, you know, working with these robotics companies, um, asset tracking. And so our goal after we roll out this n- new version of Explore in April is to start exploring some of those other solutions to layer on top of our maps. Okay. Um, I guess anything else like you're looking for that when you came to CES or any other other things you want to share with the audience that's listening, maybe there's something out there you need help with or you're stuck on. Yeah, I I would say we're, we're checking out all the LIDAR, like the new LIDAR, you know, different LIDAR specs. I mean, it's constantly getting more affordable and better. So we're checking out all the new LIDAR. So if there's any people out there with new LIDAR devices, uh, we're always interested in that. Um, and we're also just interested in partners, like for us, like being able to share mapping data for other use cases helps our mission because it helps more people with disabilities be able to access buildings that are mapped and navigate in them. So um, just collaboration and partnerships. If there's anybody out there that has ideas on how they can utilize indoor maps, I would love to talk. All right. And just, we didn't cover it really, but like your price point, how do you make money from a mapping product, right? There's, there's a couple different ways. I just want to make sure everyone listening understands. Yeah, absolutely. So the pricing is based on square footage. So the venue owner pays for their building to be mapped. There's an upfront fee to do the mapping and the scanning and build the map and then a yearly license fee. Um, And that's charged uh, based on square footage as well. So it's based on uh, square footage and kind of the complexity of the building. Because as you can imagine, having to to map a very complex uh, healthcare space is a lot harder than empty conference areas. So um, it does depend a little bit, but it is on a square footage basis. And then finally, just let's put our future caps on like in the future. What, where do you want to see this going? What would be like the ultimate vision for good maps? Oh man, the ultimate vision for good maps. Um, I would say, I mean, mapping the world, that's our goal is like mapping the indoors. And there's many different avenues to get there, being able to have people map their buildings with new iPhones, with new LiDAR that's coming out or sharing, consuming other people's LiDAR data um, and being able to work together and share that data so that all of the indoors can be mapped. And so that's really our goal. Love it. Thanks so much for joining. Really appreciate it. Congrats again on the big win. And uh, we'll be following along with good maps as you continue to build and evolve. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Congrats again, Evelyn. Really uh, great job with Good Maps and looking forward to seeing you uh, continue to expand uh, all across the globe, it sounds like. Great stuff happening. And congratulations on that win at CES 2023. And speaking of 2023 and, and CES, uh, it was a great year to be there. Everything was kind of back. It's been a, a few years since, since it's been like that at CES. Um, you know, I think 2020 was the last year that it was kind of normal, right, before the pandemic hit. So it was great to see everyone back, and they were back in full force. Uh, I didn't get the exact numbers, but it was hundreds of thousands of people, over 100,000 people, um, lots of folks coming through the Eureka Parks uh, area. Uh, we had, uh, you know, our team busy with uh, working with the SBA and also with the CTA Foundation in the pitch competition, which we produce now for the fifth year. And uh, yeah, lots of great people coming through asking questions and learning more about how they can help their startup. So loved being there. And outside of that, I didn't, I mean, I was busy busy with that, but also got to bounce around a little bit. Uh, We also hosted a a coffee event for our community, the Startup the Year community. So if you're part of the community, you're at CES and you joined us, appreciate you for being there. And if you didn't, we're going to do more things like that. So look forward to additional uh, events at, uh, I guess we could say larger events. Uh, in the future as we look to try to bring our community together wherever we are. So looking forward to that. Uh, I did see a few things that were interesting at CES, lots of really interesting cars, but the overarching theme I think is batteries because they're all battery battery powered now. Um, you know, and so, you know, lots of interesting batteries that are going to battery power your home, your car, your whatever. So look forward to that as we're going to be fully powered up here in the near future. And it sounds like we're going to be running on batteries. All right. And, uh, that's the show for today. Appreciate you being here. Hopefully you enjoyed the discussions and uh, learned something and please do share it. We appreciate everyone that does share it. Sharing is caring. And, uh, you know, that's the only way we can really grow and get the message out there about startup of the year and everything we do to try to help entrepreneurs. All right. So if you have a startup idea and you want to get it going, today is the best day to start up. Not tomorrow, not the next day, today. And in doing so, I encourage you to join our startup community for access to support, expert advice, and all the resources you need to elevate your startups by simply going to startupofyear.com or just go directly to our application and join right right away today. Go to SOTY.link forward slash apply. Again, it's SOTY.link forward slash apply. You can join and take advantage of all the different things we offer, which will continue to evolve and grow here in 2023. We're super excited about the year. All right. Until next time, I'm Frank Gruber. Don't forget to hug your loved ones out there and have a wonderful week. And uh, hopefully you're doing something fun this weekend. All right. Good luck out there starting up and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.